we need to self-empower ourselves with dignity. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for us. We have so much to offer the world. And so in order to do that, we are looking to the skills that we have and are looking to how we can, at the same time, uplift ourselves. And that led to the creation of uh, Alafia Village or Alafia Co-op, essentially to just make share better and sell in America, just like you, as you mentioned, in a healthy manner for those that are in need, and then use the fund to invest back in the community. Welcome to Business with Purpose. I'm your host, Molly Stillman of Still Being Molly, and this show is all about bringing you the stories behind the brands, the companies, and the small businesses that are changing the world. Each week, I get to sit down with an incredible entrepreneur, CEO, business person, community leader, nonprofit director, or just an awesome person who is trying to make a positive impact, not only through their personal life, but also with their career. My goal with this show is to show you, the listener, that wherever you are, you can make an impact with your life. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter if you're in corporate America, if you're an entrepreneur, a stay-at-home mom, whatever you do, you can make an impact. My guest this week is Olawunjo Chala. Olawunjo was born and raised in the village of Kaboli, Togo, Africa, located in the central region near the border of Benin. Growing up, he shared an eight by 10 foot room with his mother and seven siblings. Olawunjo's mother taught him the importance of kindness and generosity. And by the age of five, Olawunjo was working on the family farm to help support his family. After meeting his wife, Prairie Rose, who was serving in the Peace Corps at the time, he came to the United States and worked his way through school, eventually graduating from the University of California, Davis, with a degree in organizational theory. Now, shortly before graduation, Olawunjo and Rose felt they had the responsibility to fight the injustices that existed in West Africa. Enter Alafia. Alafia handcrafts award-winning clean and fair trade beauty and grooming care. The organization advances gender equality and alleviates poverty through the fair trade of indigenous African resources, such as unrefined shea butter, African black soap, coconut oil, and neem extract. I'm a huge fan of Alafia. I tell my little testimony at the beginning of the conversation, but I was so excited to have Olawunjo on the show to hear more of his story and to really learn the heart behind this incredible, incredible beauty brand. You are going to absolutely fall in love with Olawunjo and his just his incredibly kind demeanor and sense of humor. We had the best conversation. But before I get to my conversation with Olawunjo, I want to thank our partner of the show, and that is Mama Suds. Are you looking to clean up your household cleaning products this year? Mama Suds is here to help. Now, the best way is to simply start with one product. So every time you run out of a specific cleaning product, just replace it with a non-toxic one. Or another tip is to purchase a product that has multiple uses. The Mama Suds collection has so many multiple use products like their Castile soap, the toilet bombs, the multi-purpose cleaner, and their blog has a ton of great tips and Castile soap recipes that you can print and make a lot of your own effective cleaners. Give them a try at mamasuds.com. That's M-A-M-A-S-U-D-S.com. Don't forget to use the coupon code MOLLY for 15% off your order. Now, without further ado, on to my conversation with Olawunjo Chala. Olawunjo, I'm so excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Molly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is kind of crazy to think about. We are in 2022. I mean, I remember as a kid, like the year 2022 sounded so futuristic. Like I was certain (laughs) by then there would be like flying cars and uh, we would just be able to teleport places. I don't know. (laughs) 
Well, they are fly, flying cars. They're I don't know if we can teleport each other yet. Wait, there's flying cars? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I'm gonna, about to go down a whole Google rabbit hole when we get off of this. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah, we're not going to go there. Well, I as, we, uh, as I stated and shared with you before we started recording, I am such a huge fan of your brand, Alafia. And so I'm so excited to hear more of the story behind it. And I'm going to share my personal testimonial with the listeners before we even get into it. Um, so y'all know how long I have loved Alafia. So uh, my son, Amos, he's going to turn six in February. For those that have been around, y'all know my sweet Amos. Uh, he is, uh, he's, you know, just as the poor kid is never going to tan. Okay. He, let's just be honest. He's got real, real, real fair skin and that fire engine red hair. And when he was little, he had horrible eczema and it was, we had tried everything. We'd gone to the allergist. We'd done all these different things. And he was so sensitive to everything we put on his skin. And I had tried, I mean, you know, I had tried all the kind of conventional baby soaps and all the quote unquote conventional, like sensitive skin baby soaps that are actually have so many harmful ingredients in them. And it would just continue to aggravate his skin. And somebody recommended a Lafia to me and said, my son had eczema. I used, uh, you know, their soaps and, and, um, the, you know, the kind of the, the baby wash and the body washes on him and it really worked. So I tried it and I tell you, I became a believer. Like I love, love, love that stuff. And it was as a mom to a, uh, you know, a little boy who was just constantly covered in them. He was, it was so sad. My poor Amos just was so sad as a little baby with his eczema all over his body. And to find Alafia and be able to use a product that I know was safe and also uh, worked on him and smelled amazing. I mean, I started using it for myself, uh, was just a lifesaver. So thank you for starting this company because at the end of the day, you know, you helped at least one person, which I know you you helped way more people. Um, So all that to say is I want you to give us the Olawunjo 101. So tell us who you are, what you do and how you got to where you are today with Alafia. Well, thank, thank you, Molly, um, and, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to, to meet your, your little one. Uh, yeah. Some, some is, uh, uh, you know, I, I, for me, you know, you, you said your brand, and, and I think it is, is our brand. Mm-hmm. I see Alafia is, is, is all ours. All, all humans uh, contribute just like you contribute by buying Alafia. So it's, it's our brand. But for, for me personally, uh, I... Uh, I, I think it's a, quite an honor, really, uh, not only to be the co-founder of Alafia, but to be the CEO of Alafia. Uh, and, and I say it's an honor because I, I get to do in my whole adult life and still, uh, still have some time left, something that I deeply and profoundly believe in, mm. really deep in my heart and my soul. Uh, so that so it's quite quite an honor to be able to do that in your adult life. Uh, as you can tell, I I grew up in, in Togo. Togo is a small country in the west part of Africa, and you grew up in the farm. You mentioned that you were in a farm. I grew up in the farm. My my mother was a uh, an indentured servant in the neighboring country of Benin. Benin is right next to Togo. Then mm. uh, came back to uh, to Togo from Benin and married my father and decided to have eight of us. So I, I grew up in the farm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a loss. It's a loss of care, but these has a, a tremendous amount of uh, impact on me and what I end up spending the rest of my life doing. Um, you know, it's it's quite personal in the sense that you know all of us do love our mothers, and I was very quite close to my mother, and that led me to learn quite a bit um, from her. 
we, we have to sell things in the market. You know, we're farmers, but we have to sell what we grow in the farm mm-hmm. in, in the market. And I have to tell you is that sometimes people ask me today and say, what do you learn from the university, how to sell things? And I said, no, I, I learned that from home. You know, I learned that in the market. And I, one of the things that we saw aside from okra and beans and so on was a tune sticks, right? And they do the antibacterial tune stick. In fact, I didn't even use a toothbrush until I came to U.S. with uh, all this stuff. We just use tune stick. And believe it or not, I don't have any cavities. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and um, but you know in Togo, you know at least in the villages in Kabali where I grew up, boys don't sell things in the market. It's women that sell things in the market. But my but my mother want all of us to support each other because we had to. That was the only way to survive. And and so she asked me to go sell things in the market, and then I, I'll be carrying these tune sticks and you know go to the market. And the first day I didn't sell very much. So the, the, our market days every eight days. The next market came and I realized I got I to gotta come up with a strategy here. So I started focusing on where there's a large group of elder, elders, right? Older mothers that already have children. Then there's, wow, we've never seen a boy selling things before. We're going to buy from you. So, <laughs> so, and, I, and I ended up selling quite a bit and, and it felt so good to be able to help my mother. And it, it was almost like your market differentiation, right? The group of you selling to when, when we look at today. I'm sharing that because it's part of uh, our life and understand the market, but most importantly, understand how to help. And, you know, I also recall this, uh, my mother was very big in sharing, right? It didn't matter if eight children, and I have two brothers that are much bigger than me, which means we eat lots of food. Um, <laughs> you know, we have to, we, she, she, she really was, uh, she felt that the only way she survived being a dental servant is because others help her because she mm-hmm. didn't have parents yeah. she lost both and it may, may often you know my village is a is a border town to um to benin and most people will be going to go work in nigeria they have to go to benin and you know their truck will break down and she was she'll share truly the little little bit that we have with the strangers that we never met before so bring to my adult life uh, with all those fundamentals and understanding that we need to share but also that is understanding what our communities have to offer, both good and bad. And I felt that as an adult, what, what I could do, is not only that I need to contribute to the way I was contributing to my mother, but to, to a greater community around the world. And that led to the foundation of our life. Yeah, and that's where we are to, here today. Wow. I love how you talked about the impact that your mom had on you. Um, and as a mom myself uh, to two kids, and, you know, sometimes we as moms, like, we struggle to know if we're doing the right thing. And if our kids are paying attention, if they see, you know, how hard we're working or the lessons we're trying to impart. And so I'm always encouraged by adults who share like, here are the things that I saw my mom doing. And here's the impact that she had on me and and what I'm doing today. And so that's just that's just as a mom, it's so encouraging to hear that. So obviously, growing up in a small village with uh, seven siblings, in Togo, what led you to come to the States? What what was the path that, you know, you were obviously you were selling things in the markets in the market, and then you came to the States. What what brought you here? <laughs> well, I, I wanted to add uh, Molly there. So the eight siblings, that's only for my mother's side. My father has 42 children. So. Oh, my goodness. Wait a second. Yeah. Okay, let's not even talk about that. Right? Oh my, oh my <laughs> heavens! Well, I bet those family reunions are 
are off. What do the kids say these days? Do they still say off the chain? Is that what the kids say? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not yeah. even on the lingo. Yeah. My, my, yeah, my daughters, they, they, I have to learn a whole new language when they have teenagers. I know. I don't understand. My, my kids <laughs> come up and say, they say things and I go, what, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. I'm old. Now. No, you know, the, um, it's quite simple, really. A, a, like all of us at one point when, when we're youngsters, uh, when you're young, you fall in love. Right? And I met Rose, who was a Peace Corps volunteer mm. in my village. Uh, and Rose, uh, my co-founder, she's a, an agriculture. She studied uh, chemistry. And so she was, was going to be an advisor because we're farmers. We're farming community. Yeah. But, you know, being young, I'm like, well, no, we, we, don't, we don't really need advice on how to farm. We have been farming for thousands of years. But, you know, it's good to have a, a nice, kind woman. Uh, <laughs> I, I I know what you mean by that. I can read between the lines. A nice guy. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, we, we're on the air, so I'm not. Yeah, that's all right. We're friends much. here. We're friends here. I yeah. got you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so Rose was uh, in my village, and um, she came back. Rose from Eastern Washington, so Washington State. For those of you that don't know, um, it's kind of divided in two. You have the eastern side, and then you have the western side. So she's from the eastern side, where it's primarily a farming community. And you end up finding a lot in common, believe it or not. You know, there's, there's extreme amount of poverty and mm. difficulties in this country as well. So yeah. I found, you know, that there a bit of similarity um, in the way in which I grew up and, and Rose grew up. But anyhow, I, when Rose finished her Peace Corps service in Togo, she came back home and wanted to go back to grad school. And being me, you know, I, I just, I seek great education. Uh, I'm a farmer. So I, why not? You got you to gotta follow the one that touches your heart. Uh, and so I, um, I end up in the state and going go to uh, community college and I end up transferred to the University of California, Davis, where I studied organizational theory. And uh, there, there it goes. Uh, that's how I end up in the state. But, I, you know, to me, I feel that it, it's really not end up in the state as end up in the state. I, like I told you, I just got back from West Africa yesterday. Uh, for the past 18 years, every quarter except for uh, last year that I didn't go every quarter. So I, I do feel that I live in both places. I love that, that you you have. And, and, and that's something that I've I've kind of learned about you as I've, you know, as I was prepping for this podcast and all those kinds of things. And I, I love how you and your wife have really embraced um, West Africa and, uh, you know, Washington as your homes and, and you infuse a lot of those things into the business. Um, so talk. let's talk about um, Alafia because, uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm a huge fan of the company. And I love the meaning of the name Alafia, which is this idea of this, it's a force of um, peace and health. And um, that's just so beautiful. And so where did, the, you know, growing up as a farmer in Togo and then coming to the States and starting a brand, um, and, you know, that makes uh, essentially beauty, clean beauty products. Definitely. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that sometimes people be like, well, how did you end up doing that? So <laughs> what, what caused you to say, you know what, I think I want to start a, a beauty brand. You know, um, clearly Alafia is a brand uh, and, and, and a, a brand with great moral principles. Uh, but it, it, to me, it represents more of a social movement, right? Um, I, I, at the beginning, I wasn't really thinking that we were even starting a business or a brand. Right. Uh, the, the, the truth is, and the truth still remains today, I have very strong convention of 
the way I was brought up and the need and the must uh, to contribute not to my own family, but also the greater community. And in, when you have a strong philosophy, uh, you need to pay for it. Mm-hmm. The social movement is not, is, it cannot be free. Mm-hmm. So I needed something to pay for my philosophy or my heart for my people. And so in order to do that, I had to sell something. And, but I wanted to sell something that is derived from my indigenous way of yeah. being. Uh, and also something that focuses on a woman, uh, because, you know, back home, it is a woman, just like my mother, that maintained the traditional knowledge that, uh, for, for centuries. Uh, but it also, it, to me, it needs to be something that is sustainable. So when I look at all those aspects, I felt that having a life here with determina- determinations to create peace and support our communities or the global communities, we needed to uh, use ingredients that are really tied into our culture. Yeah. And, that, and I grew up uh, with shea trees. Shea trees, that's, that's, we use shea trees. I, I can't tell you how much shea butter I have ate in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we have, you know, I see that here we are, we need to, we need to self-empower ourselves with dignity. I don't want anybody to feel sorry for us. We have so much to offer the world. And so in order to do that, we are looking to the skills that we have and I look into how we can, at the same time, uplift ourselves. And that led to the creation of uh, Alafia Village or Alafia Co-op, essentially to just make share butter and sell in America, just like you, as you mentioned, in a healthy manner for those that in need. And then use the fund to invest back in the community and invest back in my own family as well. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I love that you said the amount of uh, shea butter that you ate as a, a child or, or shea. And I, I mean, how is it? Because I know that it can be used in so many different ways. I mean, it almost reminds me of us with okra. Like on our <laughs> yes. farm, we can't, you, we cannot eat enough okra. To like, <laughs> and, I, and okra is one of those vegetables that like you can check it in the morning and it's not ready. And then if you at dinner time, it's it's too big and you can't eat it. And it's just like, yeah. what? anyway, yeah. we so during the summertime, it's like I feel like I'm constantly eating fried okra, roasted yeah. okra, whole okra, chopped okra, okra and like gumbo and soup. And yeah. by the end of the summer, I'm healthy. Like, healthy I know healthy. it's delicious. Um, but yeah, yeah so the, it, it's it's kind of like that here. Um but, you know, knowing that this was something that was, uh, you know, plentiful growing up and the obviously all of the different benefits of it uh, for your health, for your skin. When did you start to think, OK, I think, you know, this idea of a for purpose business, you know, I'm going to sell a product in America that then invests back into the communities. It becomes this symbiotic relationship and you're taking these resources that you you know are just plentiful and 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 there's a bounty of them when did you begin to see the I, the seed of the business and um and I love that you said it's kind of like our brand it's our business cuz it's you really built it on people and you care about yes. people how did that all kind of begin again it goes back to even before I even came back to U.S., yeah. right? Because before I came back to U.S., you have my mother and really pounded on us a, a sense of responsibility. Yeah. And also pounded on us a sense of home mm. that, that, you, that you can never 
forget your home. Yeah. So when I first came to U.S. and I realized, oh, look, I, I can read, I can learn, I can do all these other stuff. I wanted to be a, a civil engineer because water is one of the major issues that we have back, back home. We have lots of plenty of water underground, but we just don't have clean water. So what I'm trying to say is that there was a sense that you all, somehow I need to contribute to my community. And I quickly realized that, okay, if I'm a civil engineer, somebody still need to pay for me to do what I need to do. Yeah. I need money to actually, I'd rather pay the engineers uh, to do some, some things that I want to contribute back to my community. And so the, what I'm trying to say is that the idea and the duty and responsibility was embedded in me before I even came to U.S., but I did not know that it will be specifically be shared by or, or share base that we're going to be using. Uh, so when, when, when I realized this back in 2003, that first of all, I, I, because I, the concept and the principles of the organization is about self-sustaining and self-sustaining meaning self-independent. Yeah. And so I did not want to have investors and have all these different things. So I had to look really closely. What, what is it that our community can offer the world? Yeah. And and I think that's, and when I look at everything that we have, well, not only what we can offer the world, we can offer the world lots of things, but what, do you, what was it tenable to me to do? And what was possible to do without an extreme amount of capital? Because we have, we, we use student loan to start, right? Yeah. We, we borrow a thousand dollars from the bank. So you, you need to do something that's reasonable, but yet that embodies your principles. So I, I think, you know, for me, it's really that personal responsibility that I need to do something back, back home and looking for ways to, to continue to tie home to the world. Yeah. One of the, that, well, that, that kind of reminds me, one of the things that I know about you, in addition to obviously this tie between, um, you know, your home in West Africa and, and, and the, you know, obviously selling the product and, and making a difference here in the States as well, is how Alafia has really gone above and beyond this idea of the quote unquote, like fair trade model. And you are setting a standard for other companies to really go beyond fair trade and really begin to replicate that model in underserved communities in both West Africa and around the world. So tell us about that because I, you know, obviously I'm a huge advocate for fair trade. Um, yes. my, it was on a trip to Kenya in 2011, um, where I toured a fair trade factory in Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. that began my personal journey towards learning about fair trade and all the, those kinds of things. And I just realized how life changing that was. So tell us about you, this, I, this idea of this beyond fair trade model that you that you hope to see replicated. Thank you, Molly. You know, just like you said, uh, the fair trade itself is, is very important, right? Result, but to me, it's just a fundamental requirement. Yeah. That's just, that should just be a standard. Unfortunately, it's not. I Correct. mean, even coffee, we still have maybe 2% of coffee that's fair trade today. Yep. Uh, textile, maybe only 5% that's fair trade. So we have a long way to go, but that should be a standard. And, and it's, it's quite simple, really. It's really saying, people living wage so they can take care of themselves mm -hmm. and work in safe work environment. That's not really too much to ask, right? So to me, those should be the standard. Those should just be the way it is. But a, a true model, right, as we look at the community around the world, I look, I, when I look at what really would give my community out of the unnecessary suffering that, that we witness, and that we have to go beyond fair trade. 
right? Mm-hmm. Just paying living wages is not, is not enough. And when I, what I'm trying to say about that is that we needed to, to invest in the future generations. Mm. And in order to invest in the future generation, we need to invest in our women today. Yeah. And that, see that life here, participate in maternal care. Uh, and anyone who look, who try to invest in our future generation, you see everything that we do with education. So beyond fair trade, yes, we can pay a fair living wages, but really is, is ensuring that we also are taking an additional portion of the sales of those products to invest in those activities that will ultimately make our community self-sustaining, both here in the U.S. and also uh, in, in West Africa. And I think that's critical if, if truly we as humans, we, we said that uh, we claim to be a moral being. And, yeah. and to be a moral being means that we need to take actions that have moral responsibility. And for that is to avoid excessive self-accumulations of wealth. I have a good life, and I think it only makes sense to invest more back into the community for the greater good of the community. Yeah. And I know that you have also had just a really uh, tangible impact on um, so many lives. Uh, You have directly funded over 6,500 births. Uh, Talk about that. Yeah, you know, well, the, the that's only the beginning. You know, in total today, one one in five children uh, that are born are funded from the sales of Alafia product. One in five. One in five born in Togo one today. One in five. Yeah. Amazing. Um, you know, I and some of those uh, are quite personal. Right. I um, growing up, I lost one sister mm-hmm. uh, after she gave birth, had an infection, and died. And also as a child. I was the boy who I'll be told to go bring hot water in a bucket when a woman is undergone uh, FGM or genital mutilation practices. So when you see those things mm. as a kid, uh, it, those stays with you. And so it only makes, yes, it is true that the RFU is going against fair trade. It's true that uh, we, we fund maternal care, but they're, they're very, very personal to me. I, yeah. I, I, we don't do those things. Um, for just because we need to, because I witness uh, why why it's important to do them to continue to to to, to put money into maternal care, and we and we're doing that here in the U.S. as well. Yeah, so for our girls, nine five percent go to help uh, mothers here to have safe birth. I think it's, it's just the right thing to do, but it really become a personal thing to, to, that I feel uh, I must do. Mm-hmm. And similarly, when we look into into a, a education now, you know, we have over 10,000 bicycles that we have provided mostly for girls to be able to go to school. See, in, in where I grew up, in, uh, in a, we have some 40% of girls that would drop out by the time they reach a, a secondary school. Uh, and, and when they have a bicycle, we end up having over 90% retention just simply by having bicycles. And, and, so, and, and I think, again, that I, I was that kid that, yeah. that would be walking five or 10 miles school. And so, you know, I, I, when I was a young boy, I would dream, Molly, I would dream if one day I can have a bicycle. <laughs> you know, it, it, it literally is almost like equivalent. I don't care about private jet, but just imagine if, if you can imagine yeah. where you can have on private jet. So to have bicycle was it was a big deal as you know grew up in Togo. So but it, it's not just to have bicycles because you need to get somewhere because you know the long time that it takes to get to school and the sun and so on and so forth. So by having a bicycle it reduces the amount of time that you have to spend yeah. on the road. Because you have responsibilities. Yeah. You have to work home. We we have to we have to wash dishes. We have to do so much at home, especially for young girls. 
So to me, I felt, okay, if we can provide bicycles and also help in America, because the lots of bicycles that we collect in America will end up in landfill. And we know that's not good for our earth. So we can put those to use by Lafayette Pet for the distribution and the shipping and so on and so forth. And then at the same time, we can have more girls going to school and they have better economic future. It's just that it, it makes a common sense. And, you know, similar thing goes into our eyeglass distributions. Yeah. Uh, so they can be able to uh, see the blackboard when they're, they're learning. Um, and same with uh, our, our tree planting. We're getting close to 100,000 trees uh, to be planted. And that too is about food security. You know, we can't talk about living the peaceful world uh, when if people can't have food. So planting trees prevents erosion. So you, you see sometimes it feels that why Alafia is spread, why we do all of these things. Uh, and, and I think that it really indicates what we stand for. Because if we if Alafia was, was created in terms of the, some of those are marketing reasons, then you wouldn't be doing so much. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to that beyond fair trade. But most importantly, if truly exists to impact humankind, then you need to touch all aspects of humanity. Yeah. So education, maternal care, all of those are all part, and our environment, all part of the ecosystem that we live in, and again, for the future. And, and I feel that it, it is important that, that, that we do invest on in all those drivers of the society. But even more importantly, but to do them in a very long period of the time. That is when we can measure the cumulative impact because it's, it's these 18 years now. Yeah. And stay consistently for 18 years and investing in, in our communities, I think is the right thing to do. And I, I, I have to say for me, it's, it's what keeps me going every day. Mm. Look, I got here from West Africa yesterday and I'm here talking to you and I'm happy. Yeah. Well, Alondra, let me just say this because as you were talking, I just... Uh, it really, I don't know that I even have the words for it. But I I think the first thing I want to say is thank you. And the reason I say that is because, you know, especially topics like uh, women's maternal health, both uh, here in the States, um, and also in underserved countries is a huge issue. And it's an issue that is not talked about enough. And uh, female genital mutilation is another topic that is not talked about enough and the horrors of it. And there are so many things, you know, especially um, advocating for the education of uh, young girls and how often, you know, even just the lack of access to, you know, transportation is huge. The lack of access to, um, you know, feminine hygiene products um, Mm -hmm. affects girls' education. And so often... More often than not, the people advocating for those things are women. Mm-hmm. And so to see a man advocating for those things um, is really powerful. And I, so I want to say thank you um, because it's, you know, I, I feel like I've talked to so many women about this. And over the years, especially some of my uh, my dear friends in Kenya, who they talk about, sometimes we feel that they've shared with me. They're like, sometimes I feel like I'm just beating a dead horse because nobody is. <laughs> We're just saying the same things over and over again, and men aren't listening, yeah. and and men are the decision makers so yeah. often. Um, and so to see a man standing up and saying this is an issue that is uh, uh, important to us, and we want to be a part of the solution and be a part of the change is so huge. So thank you, thank you for that. No, no thank you, I, and I think I, I owe that to my mother and sisters. Yeah, they, they don't give me any choice. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think they programmed me to do this. I was programmed a long time ago. You know, it's funny, Molly. Well, maybe it's not funny. So, you know, growing up, my, my all, this, all the older sisters came first, right? They, yeah. they, they were older. So essentially, they really is my sisters that raised me. And what, what they would do, we, we, they, they, my, my mother has uh, three boys. Yeah. So all the boys ate in one pot and all the older uh, sisters eat in, in one pot. So, and then we cook, you know, you, you saw how it is in Kenya, Togo is similar. And when they're in the kitchen, right, doing the cooking, they would ask you, well, can you go get some water from the well? If you said no, what they would do is they would leave your food on the, on the, on the stove cooking, <laughs> burning. And, and you, when you come back from the farm, you're hungry. Yeah. And, and I learned very quickly, just do what the woman tells you and then you can get some food. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> all right. I'm going to do that trick for my kids when they're not listening. And I keep telling them when they get home from school and I'm like, all right, it's time to go collect the eggs. And sometimes I have to ask them like eight times to go out and do their chores. And I'm uh, like, now, now I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start burning their food. <laughs> they burn their food. They will go get those eggs very, very quickly. Uh, no, but, but, but you know, it, it, I, I think, again, those, those are the things that it's so important to, that we, we look. It, it is not an issue of women's only. Mm-hmm. The, this yeah. is about humanity. Um, these, these impact our, all our communities. So mm-hmm. if, if we are not doing right by, by our sisters and mothers, then who we can do right by? Mm-hmm. Mm, man. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think about you remind me of my dad a little bit because uh, my dad was uh, one of five and he had four sisters. So yeah. he and he was the oldest, but he talks about all the time about how uh, when he's like, when you're in a house with a mom and four sisters, like, yeah, I mean, and my, like his dad was serving in World War Two when he was born. Mm-hmm. And so like that generation, especially of just like he was the only guy. And he's like, oh, I learned real quick how to treat a woman. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you do, and, and you never finish learning. I mean, yeah. I by no means that I am a, I'm a saint or a perfect person, uh, but I think it, it's just continue to learn. Even in our adult life, we have to continue to learn, and we have to continue to learn how to listen. Yeah. What has been the biggest challenge in building Alafia? And you know, obviously, you create incredible products. You have this uh, incredible, uh, you know, just purpose-filled model. What has been the biggest challenge for you in building this business? <laughs> I think it depends on the day. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That yeah, you could ask any entrepreneur that; they'll say that. <laughs> we we have the biggest uh, challenges every day. You know. It's, it, um, this morning, uh, a friend of mine from Los Angeles was trying to get on the phone with me. I texted and said, I got some fires to put out first before I can get on the phone. <laughs> so every, I think there's, there's a continuous challenge. Yeah. You know, but, but really, I, I do think not just so much of the challenges, but the incredible difficulties. And I, and I don't think there's one, right? Uh, we, just, just imagine these. We, for the past 18 years, we all know that issues of widespread corruption is quite seen throughout our countries um, in many parts of Africa. And to be claiming to be ethical supply chain, that's, that's extreme amount of challenge to maintain that mm-hmm. within your own team and the broader team that we work with. And not just in Togo, we're working in several countries in West Africa. So you have to uh, continue to stay on top of that. Uh, and it's not easy, to be honest with you, to work with African government. It just simply isn't. Yeah. But I think, you know, 
it, the other part for me is really about in, instead of challenges, really the, the personal sacrifices, right? I, when I, my girls were little, most of the time I can say I was not there. Mm. You know, I may be there, but I'm on the phone with a retailer. Or, or if I'm not on the phone with a retailer, I'm traveling, you know, to go. Because Alafia is not, it's not where you have a marketing budget. And you have to literally be there to talk as we're talking right now about what matters. So I think those are those, those is extreme amount of sacrifices. But when we bring it back, really, uh, to today, it, because of Alafia, I'm able to pay for the very kid, those kids to be going to college today. Something that I, I, my parents didn't were able to do that. So yes, there's, there's the challenges and sacrifices were extreme, um, but also I'm able to provide for them in the ways that it doesn't justify by any means, but it is. Uh, I think I try to always acknowledge the the difficulties of life and also the positive part of life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Entrepreneurship is a roller coaster at all times. And some days you don't know what the challenge is going to be. And then, of course, in the current state of things, you've got everything from supply chain issues to goodness, it just (laughs) it's never ending. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it cannot end, and and, and that's why I, I think is is a really important to to understand the purpose and yeah. and why we do what we do. And uh, when I when I talk to youngsters, uh, I tell them that yeah, you can start your own enterprise, but you have to look deep in your heart and your soul and know what you can do it for. Because if you simply want to do it for money, how you can overcome the challenges? You give up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk real quick about some of the products that you have and what, you know, uh, for people that maybe aren't familiar with Alafia and haven't fallen in love with it like I have. Um, talk about <laughs> kind of what your, you know, the, the products that you offer now and like what's on the horizon for you as oh, you continue to grow. <laughs> you mean aside from green gray hairs? <laughs> 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 I don't know. You maybe you can see all my gray hairs, uh, but but I'm I'm okay with them. No, you know, Molly, I, uh, just like you, you you know that about sixty percent of what Lafayette makes a bath product, right? We we'll talk about soaps, body washes, uh, shampoos, fish washes, and bubble bath, and so on and so forth. But we also make creams uh, for moisturizing the skin. We have a, a, a north of 150 different skills, different product. And within those, we have very set and very specific uh, uh, product. If you look within our beautiful curls, for instance, it's really focused on the curly hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look at our body washes, it's for everybody. I, I really, you know, it, it is true within the Lafayette portfolio, we create and do innovation for what the people need. But at, at the end of the day, is ensuring that uh, we're meeting the, the need of uh, the variety of people within our community. As, uh, as to what is on the horizon, first and foremost, I think it's a lot yet to remain consistent yeah. uh, and continue to invest in the community as we have done for the past 18 years. I don't think we should ever shift from that uh, because that's how we will be able to encourage others to adopt our model because now we can see that that can reduce poverty. We can see that that can bring about gender equality. And we can also see that that can help communities across America for healthier alternatives. But, but I, I do think that um, what, what you, you can be seeing as time comes 
is more of different countries where Alafia product are available. Uh, this quarter, we, we're going to launch Alafia in South Africa. And, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and, and uh, Q3, Q4, uh, Ghana and, and Nigeria and next. And uh, also in Q2, uh, we're going to be uh, going to Germany and, and the UK. So it, we, I think it is uh, quite an exciting year for us. We have a very robust innovation roadmap for the next five years. Uh, we think uh, it, regardless of the climate where we are in the world today, we have to continue to innovate and service uh, uh, the communities around the world. That is awesome. I'm so excited to see that and to see that growth and to see uh, just more and more people around the world getting to know you and, and this incredible brand and being becoming a part of it and all of that. Um, well, I am so excited about it. Thank you for being here. Before we you know, finish up, uh, it's the part of the show where we transition and just ask some fun get to know you questions. So, uh, I have a shadow something. Oh, no, don't be scared. Don't be scared. It's so funny. Everyone's always scared. And I'm like, who? what do you think I'm going to ask? I don't know. (laughs) It's the fear of the unknown. You know, I saw, I know, but I, I saw this video the other day that was like the, the whole message of it was, um, you know, how, uh, it's the fear of the unknown that keeps us from moving forward. And it was a guy who was blindfolded and he was told to stick his hand in a box and touch what was inside the box. And he was, I mean, flipping out, flipping out. He just is. I think I would too. (laughs) He is flipping out. But the video shows that it's a teddy bear. Like it's a teddy bear inside the box, but he is terrified. And like, because he grazed it and he feels the fur and he's like, ah! he's screaming and it's this idea of uh of just like fear getting in the way of moving forward and how uh you know really it was just a teddy bear like it wasn't anything that was going to actually be harmful or no no Um, that's why stress goes around you i know totally totally Um, i have to trust you molly i trust you 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 trust me all right we're good we're good all right so inevitably when there is a movie made about your life who mm. do you want to play you in the movie what actor you mean i can't play myself oh, I, oh see i like it i like it you're like i want to play myself i want to be in my own movie um, all right okay then i'll ask a different question because you're obviously going to be cast as yourself who's going to play your mom who would you have, who would you have play your mom hmm i would have my I have a aunt, uh, and she 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 has passed away. Mm. Um, but if it, if we were to find somebody similar to her today, um, and the reason I say that is because it's a person that never smiled but has so much love, right? Mm. Um, and and I I think that have having her. But if we were to talk about in the in the current time, that there's there it, it would be. Somebody, it is, so in Togo, in Togo we have, we do a lot of theater in Togo. That's how you keep yourself busy in, in yeah. religion, right? And there, there's a woman in, uh, in, in, in Lome today. Lome is the capital of, um, of Togo. And I think that she would do a good job playing um, my, my, my mother. Uh, and and uh, her name is Salifa, so I, I would think she'd be the one. I love it. I love it. Yeah, and I love that you just you have that picture in your mind. <laughs> I love it. Okay, question number two is: What is currently on your most 
played playlist on Spotify, Pandora, wherever you listen to music? What's currently on your most played playlist? I, I think what the top okay, top top that uh, that I have right now is uh, is Bob Marley. Oh yes. Yes, that's and and the second one that comes up as the beat or all the Afro Afro beats, you know. Yeah, that's Africa right now. I love it. That's awesome. Are you a? Do you like? Are you? Do you? Especially when you're on like long plane trips back and forth, because I mean Washington to West Africa is not a short travel. No, uh, no. it is not short. No. I I mean I've done the 16 hour JFK to Nairobi flight, and that is whew, it is rough. <laughs> Um, when you're on those long flights, like what's your go-to? Are you, uh, do you read books? Do you listen to books, do podcasts, music? Do you just sleep, watch movies? No, I don't, I don't sleep. So for, I, I like wine. So I, I make sure I have plenty of wine. I'm not recommending that people have plenty of wine. I'm saying <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm here for it. I like your style. <laughs> and then and then i write i really do yeah. i i i um you see i have these i always bring in, in, in my my notebook and my red pen uh, yeah. with me and because those times are times that i feel like i get to reflect right i i like to reflect on the day before i like to reflect on the whole year i like to reflect on my whole life mm. and, and also part of my job is to think ahead for the organization yeah right? so, so essentially, what is a strategy? How we can, how we can continue to remain relevant, stay ahead? So I drink wine and I write. I like it. You know, let's be honest. If you're on a 16 hour flight, like, and you're drinking wine, there's a lot of reflecting happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time. All right. I'm going to tell this quick. Di- I'm going to go on a quick digression. On my last, it was actually January of 2020, right before like the world blew up. Um, I was on a flight from JFK to Nairobi. And mm-hmm. uh, it was the 16 hour. It's like 16, 16 and a half hours. It is yeah. rough. It is so long. Yeah. And I yeah. couldn't sleep. I was, uh, you know, on the aisle and I just couldn't get comfortable. So I at one point during the flight, I decide I'm going to walk around huh? and I go and I stand in the back and I'm talking with some of the flight attendants who are just lovely and beautiful. Yes. And there was this uh, young gentleman who had very clearly been drinking wine the entire flight. <laughs> it wasn't me, though. I no, it was going. not you. It was not you. It was, I mean, but let, he had had many, many, many glasses of wine on this flight. And it ended in a 10-minute conversation. It ended with him proposing to me. And I oh. was like, uh, I'm married, but thank you. Uh, it's really great to meet you. I'm going to go back and sit down. And then the rest of the flight, he kept coming up to my seat and being like calling me his br- his fiance. And it was just it was really it was just like, I regret going on that walk to the back of the plane because <laughs> then we, we still had like nine more hours to go. Like we'd been on this yeah. flight for so long. And I was like, I can't I had nowhere. I couldn't escape. You're just on this flight no, forever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, the, the, uh, it was, you know, that you said that um, <laughs> just when I was in Ghana, the, we uh, we were having a meeting in in, uh, in this cafe, and this lady showed up. And long story short, she actually was not married and was proposing airplane by a stranger, and ended up marrying the person. <laughs> 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 oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's and amazing. To drink, so yeah, I, it was. Yeah, I'm glad that you were married because um, yeah. I was like, I'm I'm taken, I'm taken, sir. It was fair. I'm very flattered that you are extremely intoxicated and proposing to a complete stranger on 
on a flight. The flight attendants in the back are howling with laughter. Like they were just yes. could not stop laughing anyway. Um, okay. So that was my quick digression. Okay. Well, that- I'm glad you made it. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. I made it. It was safe. We're good. My husband thought it was really funny. So, um, okay. So, we're the Winter Olympics, believe it or not, are coming up soon. Um, I'm a big fan of the Olympics. If you could win a medal for any sport, real or fake, what would you win a medal in? Mm, You know, I I, I would say for cycling because I like to cycle. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I, I like to say I, I do long distance cycling. It's your own little private jet on wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So the world. <laughs> I'm going to see you in uh, the Togo. You're representing Togo in the Olympics in yes, cycling. I You're going to win the gold. every day. I, but but uh, I think, I, yeah, I'll get medal for cycling for Togo. I love it. I love it. It's fantastic. Okay. Uh, Oluwanjo, this is my last question uh, that I ask all my guests. And that is, uh, what does it mean to you to run a business with purpose? What it means to me is that it means I have, I have a clear duty, really. It's a, it's a duty. And a duty means that you're responsible for, for people. And people are communities. Um, and the purpose, it gives me a reason to be. And we all need reason to be. We, we, it, it doesn't matter what we believe in. We have to understand why we're here on the earth. And be, because what we do professionally takes a great majority of our time. And to do of purpose, it helps me to understand why I'm here. And at the end of the day, I'm here to serve. Mm, I love that. Oh, Lolando, this has been just such a pleasure uh, to have you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for the work you're doing. Um, and like I said, you have a huge fan over here in uh, Central North Carolina. And uh, I just uh, thank you so much for taking time out of what I know is a busy schedule to talk with me. No, Molly, I, I cannot thank you enough, uh, your family and, and your community as well. And because as I noted earlier, we all have to do different things toward the goodness of humanity mm-hmm. and uh, the fact that you continue to, to, to broadcast, really. Uh, the goodness is a, is a path to bring all of us together. And uh, I'm, I just want to also just give you a hug and, and give you the courage. I know it's not, it's not easy, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's not, it, uh, purpose is not easy. And, and you're doing it, and, uh, and uh, I'm grateful that you're doing, you're doing it. And, and thank your family for supporting you. Thank you so much. Friend, I would love to know what you loved about this episode or something that you learned. Find me on social media. I'm at Still Being Molly or at Business with Purpose Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to use that hashtag Business with Purpose Podcast when you're sharing the show with a friend. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a first time listener of the show, welcome. Be sure to check out the archives for past shows featuring so many incredible entrepreneurs, business owners, community leaders who are changing the world. If you are a regular listener of the show, Thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for tuning in week in and week out. Be sure to head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Radio Public, Overcast, Stitcher, basically wherever you get your podcasts, click that subscribe or follow button. To click that button means you will never miss a new episode of the show. And while you're there, would you take a moment to just leave a review? Would you take a moment to maybe share one of your favorite episodes with a friend? Leaving a review, sharing the show with a friend, 
It is totally free for you. And it is the biggest help for me in the entire world. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. It just also helps me to know what you're liking and how the show is impacting you. As always, this show is produced by the incredible team at Third Wheel Media. Thank you so much for listening. Now go do something good with purpose on purpose.